And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my friend Chloe Anagnos. Uh, it's always a good time talking to Chloe. She's the best. Um, yeah, we, we talked some coronavirus. We talk about the end of Bernie Sanders, which is just great news that we should all be celebrating here today. Uh, we, we, we covered a lot of ground, so I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Chloe, I need to say hi to our friends over at Man Beard Company. Gentlemen, uh, all right, let's be honest. With this uh, crazy coronavirus spreading all over the place, we'll all probably be quarantined in our homes at some point. And uh, no better way to pass the time when you're under quarantine than to grow a beard. <laughs> How about that, ladies and gentlemen? How's that for a transition? Suck on that. Anyway, when you're self-quarantined in your own home, grow a dope-ass beard. And once you do that, make sure you're using the best beard oils on the market. I'm talking about Man Beard Company. Man Beard Company beard oils have the appropriate amount of fatty acids, vitamin E, and vitamin A to keep your beard in great shape. They promote strong, even beard growth. It smells great. makes your beard look great. makes your beard strong, super soft. It's not oily. It's not greasy. It is top-notch, premium stuff. Check them out over at manbeardco.com. That is manbeardco.com. Use the promo code NOGIMMICKS. Once again, the promo code NOGIMMICKS for a great deal on your order of beard oil punch the bear tame the beard man beard company check them out guys please follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on itunes soundcloud google play spotify uh if you're on itunes please give us a five-star rating and a good review i'd really appreciate it uh all right that's all i got without further ado here is my chat with chloe and agnos <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Chloe and Agnos. Chloe, my friend, thanks so much for taking the time. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Good to talk with you. Absolutely. So let's jump right into the news of the day. Um, Bernie Sanders' crusade to transform America into a communist authoritarian nightmare uh, came to an end last night after being blown out by Joe Biden in every single primary that took place uh, yesterday. Uh, Bernie's done. His career is over. Uh, 40 years too late, <laughs> but <laughs> at least it's over now. Uh, Bernie may be the most evil American politician since Woodrow Wilson. So I think we can all come together and celebrate that this monster will be relegated to the dumpsters of history. Uh, your thoughts? Wah, wah, wah. I am so sad. So sad he's gone. No, I think the one thing that I think is kind of frustrating at least for Republicans, that Bernie is out, is that Bernie makes all Republicans look good. So if he were to, and this is just from like my political strategist background, if he were to be the nominee, it would be uh, so easy for Republicans across the country to win. So I think if Biden um, obviously pulls through, it looks like he is going to pull through. If he's, you know, goes goes forward and is the nominee, I think it's going to be a little bit harder Trump and Republicans down ballot. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be that hard just because poor Biden can't seem to remember his name, what an AR-15 is, who his former boss was. I mean, it's just 
<laughs> it's I just keep watching all of these videos and I just like I shouldn't be surprised, but I just keep thinking like, oh, my gosh, he there's no way that he can just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Um, but to the point where I'm kind of concerned about his health, like that's just not good. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I think the one thing that really got Bernie um, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit. One, young people did not come out to vote. And two, he praised Fidel Castro. And most older Americans at least remember, uh, you know, the Cuban Revolution, remember Bay of the Pigs. My grandpa went to the Bay of the Pigs. Um, I mean, that's still a very fresh American um, memory. So I don't know. I, I should feel bad for for Bernie, but I, eh, I really don't. Yeah, I, uh, it, you're right that the conventional wisdom is that Trump would have an easier time beating Bernie because he is just a caricature of like everything evil in the world <gasps> right. in the last hundred years. But um, right. I, the thing is, like, obviously we're dealing with the coronavirus thing now. That'll it'll be fine. It'll go away, and by May or June, everything will be fine. The economy will be, you know, stronger than it is now. I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, like, so, obviously Bernie would not have a very good chance to win, but. You never like we could have another coronavirus or, or whatever in October, the economy tanks, and then Bernie Sanders is the president of the United States. So it's like even if Joe Biden has a better chance of winning, which I still don't think he'll do very well against Trump, he has to debate Trump at some point, And he can't, like you said, remember who he is, who Obama <laughs> is, where he is. Yeah. <laughs> what year you know, is it? Yeah. What he year has no is idea. it? He rambles on about AR 14s for some reason, which is obviously not a thing. But like, right. you, you know, the economy could tank or we could have our embassy bombed and be dragged into another war or whatever in October. And then whoever the Democratic nominee is, is president. And that could be Bernie Sanders. So it's like as long as that degenerate communist is as far away from the levers of power as possible, I'm fine with that, even if it means Trump has a harder reelection fight. Oh, but absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's really like trying to pick between, you know, would you rather have cancer or, um, you know, like AIDS? It's like you have two horrible options. Um, and I, I agree with you, at least just my family background, I'm like fleeing an entire continent because of socialism and communism. It's like, like how, how could Americans think that that's a good idea to have a candidate that embodies that? Um, but as long, like you said, as long as he's far, far away, I think we'll be fine. And at the same time, it's like I saw I saw somewhere either on Facebook or Twitter. I saw a meme uh, that was talking about the coronavirus and it said uh, people are panicking. Um, the market's tanking. People are running to grocery stores to buy toilet paper. Is this a Bernie Sanders dry run? Like. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like that's what it's going to look like if he were to be president, people. But I, I don't know. At least Americans won on uh, on this round. So moving forward with, you know, the Bernie Sanders supporters, the Bernie Bros, and all this this neo Marxist nonsense. <laughs> it could it could go one of two ways though. One one of these two situations will take place. It could be like the left's version of Ron Paul's moment that he had between 08 and, and 2012 where like libertarianism was cool for a change. And like you had young people at rallies chanting and the fed, <laughs> you know, which was, yeah. which was awesome. And then it completely died off and went away. I mean, like it's gone, they're gone. It's all gone. It's over. Uh, it was kind of just a blip uh, in the Republican party, or this could be 
unfortunately, the left's version of like a Barry Goldwater who got blown out in his presidential bid, but inspired like a generation of American conservatives. And 20 years later, you get Ronald Reagan. Right. So it's like. Right. And those are the best two examples I can think of. Um, Maybe you could think of a better example, but like it's either going to be the Ron Paul thing or the Barry Goldwater thing. And, And obviously, hopefully it's the former. Um, so does this communist movement go away or is this just the beginning? You know, you made, you made a really good point in comparing it to, to Reaganism and everything that happened back in the, you know, 60s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, I'm, I'm a little afraid that it could happen and that we have another wave of communism in, in the next 10, 15, 20 years. But at the same time, you look at, the coronavirus, and I think it's the perfect example of why communism does not work work in other countries. I mean, especially China. Like that's just a really, really good example. Um, the other thing too is you've got countries like Venezuela that are just absolutely unlivable. And I feel like young. I say I'm young. Young people. Um, I mean, I am. I'm almost 28. But folks our age are starting to wake up a little bit. And at least the Bernie bros are noticing, I feel like, oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in China where this virus is not being contained or Venezuela where there's no toilet paper or um, Cuba or, um, you know, North Korea or anything like that. So I think people are waking up but at the same time, same time you look at Gen Z and I feel like they are the most, I don't know if conservatives the the right way to use it, but they're very careful careful about their money, how they spend money. Most of them aren't on Facebook. Uh, it's a very hard market to try to tap into. And again, the older Gen Z kids aren't are not voting. Like we saw that with Bernie Sanders, right? So part of me wonders if they would be more fiscally conservative and very socially socially liberal, um, because essentially that's the kind of environment that they've grown up in, right? So I'm wondering if a more libertarian candidate would appeal to Gen Z voters. But unfortunately, you know, it's only 2020 and Gen Z, if they're old enough, this would probably be the first presidential election that they'd be able to vote in. So we don't really have that data to kind of mine through and look and say, oh, well, this is what the trend is. Um, so, yeah, I'm hopeful that communism will just like finally go away because <laughs> it can never ever work. Uh, same thing with democratic socialism. It's never going to work. But at the same time. I don't think that we'd have another Bernie Sanders other than like AOC, but I think she's just so stupid um, that it would be really hard to get a lot of people around her. And quite frankly, I think she's going to be voted out this next election. So take with thought. Yeah. Will. yeah, that's exactly what came to mind, too. That is, is somewhat encouraging that the the socialist movement might die off because like. After Goldwater and well, when did he run for president? Was that it was 1960, right? He lost. Uh, Kennedy, yes. I think. Sure. And uh, but the thing is, the people that followed him, the conservatives, like Ronald Reagan, was an extremely intelligent guy, a very talented politician. You know, like a successful governor of California and a movie star and all this. And yeah, like who's who's taking the place of Bernie Sanders? AOC. <laughs> like, right. Really? Right. You think AOC's Ronald Reagan? Like, come on. Like she can barely string a sentence together. So it's not. And that's the same thing with uh. The, the Ron Paul movement on the libertarian side, it's like, who tried to take the Ron Paul mantle? 
like Gary Johnson. Yeah. Who didn't know who Syria, where Syria was, like the the fat What's naked guy at the Libertarian I was, convention. Dude, like, I was there. I, mean? <laughs> I was there. I saw him. I was there. I had to watch that. Oh no! It was horrible. I'm sorry. It really I'm was sorry. not good. Eh, I'm okay. <laughs> but but survived. I survived. I survived. But at the same time, it's like I, I, no one takes AOC seriously. Um, especially young people. But then at the same time, you have these kids that come out, at least that I see on social, the social media that they do use, Instagram, Twitter, and um, and at least the ones that I mentor through the scholarship programs that I run here in Indiana, most of them are afraid of things that don't even make sense. So most of them have been groomed. Um, and it's kind of funny that, that, we talk about coronavirus when most of most people are like self quarantining. Um, most of them are super afraid of gun violence in, in schools because that's the only thing that they could possibly think of. Like when I ask them, okay, well, what's the biggest issue that's facing your generation, Gen Z or younger? Um, well, social media. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean social media? Well, it's bad. Yeah, but at the same time, like you use it. Right. So like all of these young girls that I work with and mentor and then judge through these scholarship programs, they all talk about how it's either gun violence, climate change or social media is the greatest threat facing their generation. And I'm like, get out of government schools. This does not make sense to me. Um, Yeah. Well, and then what's crazy is that they talk about social media, but then they talk about how um, bullying is such a problem. And I'm like, okay. We've had social media for what? I mean, Facebook was invented in like 2004, 2005. So it's been around for 15 years. You're telling me that schools can't figure out online bullying yet? Like this, it, like it just absolutely doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. Like part of me is excited for future generations. I think they're going to be smarter. But then at the same time, some of them don't even know who the governor of Indiana is when I work with them. And I'm like, okay, like this is why I work with you. <laughs> and I think you made a, a good point a minute ago, too, that, you know, we just don't have the data on what the next generation of young people are going to be like. No. You know, both both parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, the Libertarians do it, too, and the Socialists, the Democratic Socialists of America do it, too. All four of those groups claim that Gen Z is going to be in their camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? But like, they're all claiming you can them. cherry pick. You can cherry pick polls to support any of those viewpoints too. Like there, I've seen a lot of data to suggest that Gen Z is going to be a lot more conservative than millennials. I've seen data to suggest they're going to be more liberal than millennials. We have no idea. Like there's no, who knows? No, like they they don't really vote in high numbers and we're just going to have to wait over the next 10 years or so and see what happens. So I've been, and it's funny that you say that. So I have been a local director in the Miss America organization for the last like five, six years. And so I work, I do specifically interview prep um, with girls leading up to Miss Indiana week. There's about $20,000 worth of scholarships on the table. Like if very like high stakes, right? Because everybody wants to win. Right. And in interview prep, you have to know about current events. You need to know about the platform that you want to champion. If you were to win, you need to know like personality questions. And the majority of the last five, six years that I have worked with young women between ages of like 13 to 24, they all ask, well, should I be watching the news? And I'm like, um, um, 
Well, yeah, like that would be a good idea. Like watch, you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, like just to kind of get an idea. And I'm like, well, where do you get your news? And they're like, well, like if I'm not sometimes on Twitter, maybe on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these people aren't watching the news. Like young people just aren't watching it. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. But at the same time, from what I've seen and experienced um, and everyone else that's on my board, I feel like national issues of importance, coronavirus, the economy, national education, healthcare, whatever it may be, is not important to this younger generation because they have it so good in the U.S., if that if that kind of makes sense. Um, and I think eventually I'm going to write an essay, a couple of essays about it, just because like this is the most prosperous time in America. And, and if the most pressing issue facing these young girls is social media and social media bullying in their school, then what a life we all live. What a life. What a right? life. What a life. I mean, and I'm back. not saying that they're stupid because these are very intelligent young women. But if they're not concerned about healthcare costs or and granted, they're still pretty young. But I mean, what a life that capitalism has made in this country. Right. I well, don't talk know. about talk about privilege. The greatest privilege you can be afforded is you know, living in a free market capitalist society. <laughs> so Absolutely. You want to talk about privilege. That's where the privilege... See, I don't know why you aren't telling these young ladies to listen to the No Gimmicks podcast, though. I mean, look... The, oh, uh, we're working no on offen- I'm working on No, no <laughs> offense to my audience, you know, uh, no offense to my audience, but let's be honest, it's a sausage fest. Like, 85% of my audience is male. We need some more ladies listening to the show. Just throwing that there. But, um... I f- no, I totally feel you. Talking about, uh, like, the youth vote, that's the most encouraging stat to come out of the Democratic primaries for me. Uh, it, it's encouraging if you're a Republican. It's encouraging if you just don't want Democrats to win elections. Um, you're an anarchist. You don't vote anyway. So it's great news for you. But in every exactly. single caucus and primary so far on the Democratic side, except for Iowa, the, the youth vote 18 to 29 was up a little bit in Iowa. Every other state, the youth vote was down by an average of four to five points uh, compared to 2016. So in the last four years, less 18 to 29-year-olds are voting than they did four years ago. Chloe, this is terrific news. <laughs> this is it, terrific it's news. great. Like, I'm, I'm just I, over here rubbing my hands like, yes, yes, yes. don't participate. But at the yes. same time, I think that goes back to what I said. Like These issues don't scare or concern young people, and they're like, well— Healthcare doesn't really affect me because I'm still on my parents' insurance or you know, they're just entering college. So they're like, eh, I don't really care. And that's that's what I'm curious about. Is it that they just truly don't care and they're just living in their own bubble? Or is it because we've created such a prosperous market, such a prosperous world that they don't look to government? I don't know. God bless them, because I just want less people voting. I want I want I only want the right people voting. I don't really care about Same. democracy. Democracy's fine, uh, but it's only good if it's you know the means to the end, and the end is liberty. If it, if democracy is the means to any other end, then it's evil. I mean, anything could be democratic. I mean, gang rape is democratic, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't you know what I mean? Like you know, drive-by shootings are demographic or democratic. Like that doesn't mean it's good. Like democracy isn't good for Democrats' sake. I mean, look, if I could raise the voting age to thirty, I would. I mean, heck, right. if, I could, if I could make a law oh that gosh. only only me and my wife and you and your fiance and this audience could vote, I I would pass that law immediately. <laughs> like I want very few people voting. So the fact that young people aren't voting is just just terrific news. Terrific news all around. Uh, so before I let you go, um, is there any new coronavirus news? 
um, not really in the last couple days. We're kind of just waiting to see how this plays out. The governor of Ohio is completely overreacting, Mike DeWine, um, mm-hmm. saying that all sporting events need to be played without a live audience. There's only three confirmed cases in the entire state of Ohio. I mean, I, I don't I don't think this is going to help the, the spread of the virus. I think it's just causing more panic. I don't know. What do you think? I, I would agree. I think right now there's only like seven or eight confirmed cases in Indiana. Um, but at the same time, the virus itself doesn't scare me. Like it scares me for older people. Like if you're old, stay home. It's the same with the stay flu. Home. Yeah, it's fine. You know, just stay home. Wait till the weather gets nicer. Things will calm down. But what, what scares me is the panic. Um, and talking a little bit before the show, my mom had texted me and said, Hey, not because I'm afraid of the virus, but I'm afraid of other people go go and stock up on like one to two weeks worth of non-perishables because you don't know how people are going to react. And we've got all these shows in the last like 10 years of American television where this is like the post-apocalyptic virus zombie type of scenario and it's playing out. So I'm going to go after the show. I've got another call, but I'm going to go to my local grocery store and see if, uh, you know, you like the chicken noodle soup and the toilet aisles are, are clear because I'm just not sure what other people are going to do. And I'm more afraid of other people than the virus, if that makes sense. Right. I have a feeling that those aisles probably look like a uh, Bernie Sanders paradise. Meaning it's completely <laughs> empty. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, and it's the same. You're in the Midwest. It's the same when there's about to be a really bad snowstorm. It's like everybody eats bread. Or like the entire like bread aisles empty, bread and milk. It's like, what are you, what are you, what are y'all doing? Everybody's making French toast. Like, get some protein. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. I I don't know. Milk. Just, just bread, bread and milk. Just bread and milk. It's like y'all really eat that much bread that you need to have more than a couple of loaves. Like, like this doesn't make sense to me. I would be stocking up on freezer meals because then you don't freaking, have anything to prepare. Freaking white people, am I right? With their they're the worst. Milk. We're the worst. White, white people are just the worst. Yeah, I mean, look, Absolutely. obviously this virus is worse than just a, the common cold or a normal flu, um, but the median age of death from the coronavirus is 80. And it's it's basically not affecting, you know, it, conventional wisdom would say it would affect old people and young children. It's not affecting young children. It's, it's almost exclusively hurting uh, older folks. And I think around half the deaths in the United States so far were from that one nursing home in Washington state. And that right. that's a night, that's a nightmare, right? Like if, if, you know, somebody in a nursing home, a bunch of elderly people in close quarters, that's that's bad. That's bad, bad. And we need to do whatever we can do to prevent that. But if you're young, you're fine. And just as a general rule, like not even with this virus, like if you had the flu, don't go to work. Stay home. Like, you know, don't go to a restaurant, cook your own damn food at home. Don't be a dick. Don't go out and spread the virus around. It's just common sense. We don't need government to tell us this. Common sense should should be enough. Wash your hands, Lysol your doorknobs. Like, it's not that hard, right? No. Use some hand sanitizer. I mean, come on. It's, it, this, this shit is not hard. All right, Chloe. No, I know it you, absolutely you, isn't. I know you have a, a hard out here, uh, so I got to let you go. Hopefully, we can do a longer episode next time. But uh, before I let you go, yeah. where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Um, I'm on the World Wide Web. Follow me on Twitter at Chloe and Agnos, and Agnos with an A, or if they just go to your Twitter profile they can find me um my last name's kind of hard to pronounce um but yeah follow me facebook twitter i'm just at chloe nagnos um i've got some exciting projects coming up uh uh, this year that hopefully on a longer episode you and i can chit chat about absolutely everybody follow chloe she's great i'm sure she'll be back on soon uh that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on monday 
No gimmicks. Thank you.